You're listening to the Two Man Weave Podcast with your hosts, Michael Rappaport and Kenyon Martin. The Two Man Weave Show runs live every weekday from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern. Me, Kenyon Martin, the Two Man Weave. We got J-Dub. Show your love. NBA on tuning. It's getting down to the get down. At some point, we're going to be joined by Will Perdue. How many rings does Will Purdue have, J-Dub? Will Purdue, I think he has four, if I'm not mistaken. Three with the Bulls and one or two with the Spurs. I'm not hearing anything on my microphone, but that's fine. Um, Kenya Martin, how you feeling, my man? I'm feeling marvelous today, brother. How about yourself? I'm feeling good, man. They had a uh, a sort of a, a pre, preseason big three game the other day. I got to see Kmart up close. And personal. Miss a bunch of shots. That's not that's <laughs> not that's not what crossed my mind, K Mart. Kenyon Martin up close and personal is on some goon bully ball ish. I like it. I I'm pressing I I envy it. Hey man. The intensity just... is right there. Like it was like it was like uh it was like riding a bike. Yeah, it's definitely like riding a bike, man. You get out there and in this competition, man, and it just bring the best out of you. Did um, you have a good time? Yeah, I had a good time, man. It was it was fun. Um I didn't take it. As serious mm-hmm. um, as I would um, June twenty fifth, right? Um, no, it was fun. It was fun, man. It was it was it was good to be out there again, um, get the moving around, you know. So I had a good time watching. Um, I noticed. Uh, I, I heard about Gary Payton talking. Gary Payton is yo. He's not yo. He doesn't shut up. Yeah, that's where he was when he played, man. Um, and he, and not only did he talk, he was a hell of a basketball player. Of course, you know. So he's Hall of Fame. Can, yeah. Then when you can talk, talk that and and go out and back it up. Um, hey, that's the best way. Yeah, that's a that's a frustrating combination. The Boston Celtics lost last night to the Cleveland Cavaliers. They played very, very, very well. You thought for, they were going to win? You thought Boston was going to win? Well, why shouldn't I have thought that they were they were they were leading the game? But you know, it was just like. It's it's like it's like most of the time when Cleveland's not playing anybody but the Warriors. Like you feel like it's like you're just holding on for dear life. Yeah, it just I didn't like their body. I didn't like um, Cleveland's body language in the first half. Cleveland. Yeah, yeah. For whatever reason, I just didn't like their body language. Right. Uh, and then Braun getting four foul. Like that was like like weird. What? You no, know, but um, the, it was one of those things. The four fouls thing was was much talked about. It, did LeBron James stay in the game? To get his fourth foul because he wanted to, or Ty Lue let him stay in the game. Who makes those decisions on that no, team? Ty Lue can tell him kind of like it was, I, I think it was Ty Lue's decision. I think it was Ty Lue's decision to leave him in, and and it came back to bite him. Um, they knew they had the confidence that he wouldn't pick up a foul defensively, right? You know, but it was a great play. It was a great defensive play. The guy um, can't move his feet. Um, and it was a charge, you know. Um, hey, the ref made the right call, and, and and I was happy to see them make the call. Right. You know, because normally they'll ref the player. Right. You know, they won't ref the actual game. They'll ref the player knowing that LeBron already has three. Right. You know, they didn't do that in this situation. So you got um, to t- tilt your head off to the refs in this situation. I think it was Monty McCutcheon. Two-man weave. We're taking calls. We actually have a call early in the show. Jeez. You want to talk to the people? Why not, brother? Hunter, what's up? You know, the people in Salt Lake City, I'm from Salt Lake City, people are freaking out over Gordon Hayward. And I got to know what you guys think. I mean, what's the future of the Utah Jazz? Are they going to be able to re-sign Gordon Hayward or are they gonna, and keep building around him, or are they going to have to move towards Rudy Gobert and start building a new core around Rudy? First of all, uh, uh, that's a good question. Uh, no, it's not. Not. Uh, well, you, the reason why you hey, know wait, but let me let me hey, let me let me let okay. me defend what my okay, question was. Oh, okay, because the bar is so low on some of the questions we've had oh, yeah. that that's like a straight up basketball question. I get it. I, I yeah, you're right. You're right. It is, but it, oh, I think it, you should. I think you should. Tell, I think you should encourage is, Hunter. No, that's a, I understand what he's saying, but it's a no-brainer. What do you think? That you can't build like Rudy Gobert. He's a center these days. You can't build teams around centers. You know, uh, he's not he's not an Anthony Davis or right. Boogie Cousins or a Carl Anthony Towns that can step outside and make jump shots. He can barely make a shot. You, you know, so uh, everything is lob, everything is dunk, everything is layup, everything is jump hook, you know. So I think you have to go out and, and do all you can to keep um, Hayward. 
you know, you got to do everything in your power to keep him there. You know, offering him what they call the Supermax deal or whatever that is. Which is how much? Upwards of $200 million, you know, $200 million for a know, good haircut. That's a lot of hair, Joe, you could buy for yes. $200 million. <laughs> you know, hey, he never, hey, you'll never see him on a bad hair day. No. You know, um, but no, uh, I think you try to build that team around Gordon Hayward. Um, you got some nice young pieces missed with some um, some veterans. And I think if you continue to follow that formula um, in the West, you'd have success. I agree. I don't think you could let him go. Uh, I don't think he's going to want to go anywhere but uh, uh, unless it's Boston. Um, I like that team. They suffered some injuries, you know, while they were in the playoffs. And I can uh, – let me add – let me piggyback on um, something else um, to add to what I was saying is, um, would he leave thinking that the West is too stacked and he has a better chance of accomplishing his goal winning a championship – in the East. You does know, that come East, into play? Yeah, it does with some players. You know, I'm, I'm still looking at the landscape in the West. So like, you got Golden State, which they're not going, going anywhere no time soon. No. Um, you got San Antonio, probably not going anywhere no time soon. You got Houston, which is up and coming. You know, you look at Minnesota. You got, I'm saying, there's right. the Clippers, so to speak. OKC I don't, is still. OKC still there, you know. So the, the, the landscape of the West is a lot tougher road to getting a championship than the East is. You know, um, in the East, you just have to worry about Cleveland. You know what I'm saying? So. Um, Hunter, although Kenyon insulted you, I will say it's a good call because we hold the ball. <laughs> That's a great call, yes. but it's the, the, the the question was worded yes. the wrong way, I think. You know, I think you can't let Rudy um, – you can't let Gordon go and, and build a t- team around Gobert. Second just, team All-NBA go, uh, Rudy no, Gobert? not at all. That's Because <laughs> you have to put a center on these teams. Don't get me started. All right, we got some phone calls. Who's on the line? Jamal, what's going on? You're on the two-man weave with Kenyon Martin, and I am Michael Rappaport. What's good, fellas? Uh, it's your boy Jamal from Birmingham. Yes. I just got a question, man. It's yes. got nothing really to do with the X's and O's of the game, That's but right. I feel like we just need to have the answer. Okay. Kenyon, man, you've had a long, successful career. You play with a lot of guys. I got to know, who was the biggest stick man you ever played with? <laughs> He's talking about with the ladies. Like, who was, who was uh, like, in hey. the league? He can't, he can't hey, divulge hey, those hey. secrets. Hey, listen, man, you're asking the game, wrong. The game is you're to asking, be sold, not to be told, hey, my you're, friend. Hey, you're asking the wrong guy that yeah. question. You got to be a gentleman, too. It's not yeah. just about numbers. Yeah, it's not just about numbers, but he, 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 he can't yeah, just, like, you not know. At all. I'm not going to. Not going to put none of my guys out there like that. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that's a good question that, that <laughs> we can answer off air. <laughs> Jamal, you got, any, you got any other pending questions that you want? Man, I do, actually. I got one. I don't see and And Rappaport, man, you know, you're one of the funniest guys I know. Thank and, you. You know, I, I don't know if you're going to be able to answer this, but I'm just going to throw it out there. Oh, that's gonna, you're going to be uh, 0 for you know, 2, Jamal. Not, so what do you got? Yeah. Look, man, it's, it's, it's worth a shot. Man, yeah. what's more likely to happen? Mayweather versus McGregor or uh, Rappaport versus Levitard? Okay, good question. Good question. Um, man, that's, that's a good question. Uh, probably Mayweather versus uh, uh, McGregor. It's looking like uh, everything's, everything's leaning that way. I don't know when it's going to happen. I, I go through ebbs and flows on whether or not I would actually even pay my own hard-earned money to watch it just well, I, out of respect. Well, I know who's not going to pay for it. Who? Kenyon Lee Martin are you, Senior. Are you definitely not paying for it? One thousand percent. You won't even you won't even do just just to have the just to have not the, a chance. Just at a point, not, right? Not a chance. At out of a point, right? I'm not spending my money on that. I hear you, man. I hear you. You know, Jamal, the thing is, is that that fight is is it's going to be a letdown, and it's going to be a letdown after the the ding. The ding of the bell. They're going to hype it up yeah. great. We're yeah. talking about two of the greatest promoters, trash talkers Ball. in any sport. Yeah, definitely. And then as soon as it goes ding, we're going to go, you dummy. I, and I don't want to be sitting there no, saying. I bought Floyd's last fight. Won't get me again. I hear you. I, I bought hear the you. last few. Won't get me again. Yeah, I hear you. And this is going to be a joke. Yeah. And and uh, Actually, I didn't buy the last <laughs> fight. I, I, I watched it. With, I, I didn't buy his last fight. So you, you didn't buy I won't buy So it didn't anymore. hurt so much. Not at all. So. And. If I could interject. Oh, no problem. Jamal, there's no way that there's ever going to be a chance that Michael Rapport and Dan Levitard are going to play one-on-one because it can't be confirmed or denied that Dan Levitard's ever even made a layup. Oh, we're talking about playing one-on-one? I think. Oh, he's definitely. Yo, 
He don't want that. He doesn't want that work. I would I'll love take on his whole staff. Let's play two on two because <laughs> I want that bump against John Wiener. So two of you, yeah, that'd be good. I got back channels in the Long Island Jew Federation that said that he was a bench warmer in high school out in Long Island. I and want if that. If you can't bump. start in in high school in Long Island, you can't start anywhere. So, so that's to answer your question, Jamal. I like that question. Those are those are those are you were one for two on the questions. Keep listening. We're taking more calls. 844-635-6684. I believe we got somebody on the line, Miles. KC. KC, yes. Hey, hey Rappaport. Uh, who's this? I K- was just my question was about the Celtics actually. With them projected to have the number one pick, um, which would probably be Ma- Markel Fultz. Is that them basically saying that Isaiah Thomas is not their future if they draft a guard? I'm going to let Kenyon take that. It's a great question. Kenyon. Very, very good question, yeah, Casey. I, yeah, I think Thank so. Um, that's a great question. I think if they do take Fultz, number one, I think they're looking at him maybe being the future. Um, he's bigger than Isaiah. Um, pretty much same skill set. That's just what I'm hearing. Um, didn't see a lot of him in college. Um, <laughs> um, just came out of nowhere. <laughs> Um, didn't win a lot of games last year until the team didn't make it to the tournament. But I, I think moving forward, the people say you need two guards in this league. I just – Isaiah is ball dominant, so he needs the ball in his hand to be effective. You know, um, so I think if you draft him folks, I think you are saying that he's going to be the future um, and that you may be not going to pay Isaiah the money that he thinks he's going to get um, to moving forward. But not Danny Ainge. Um, he's done stranger things, so we'll see. Right. Yo, I mean, for for Isaiah Thomas, man, to 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 forget his personal stuff, to overcome what he's come, just being a five foot nine point guard in the NBA, and to show out the way he did this year. If he's not going to get paid this year, he's never going to get that max. I mean, he's going to get paid, yeah. but we're talking about that max money. Um, Doctor Kenyon, I have a question. What's up, boss? So Isaiah hurt his hip. <laughs> now, apparently, he hurt his hip late in the regular season. Uh-huh. What's that like? What's it like to hurt your hip? How does he end up getting re-aggravating it in in game two? He ends up. I don't know. He played two series before that, so I have no idea. That's what I'm saying. What does that even mean? I, I don't. Le- I, a left listen, hip. I have no. It's a strain. I have no idea. I just told my wife this last night, man. If I can walk, I can play. Because we just had this conversation last night. Listen, if I can walk, I can play. Mm-hmm. He's been listen, through a lot. I get, I get. It. I'm not like don't want to take nothing away from what he's had to go through yeah. with his family. Yeah. That's in the third, but he chose to play. Yeah, no, I'm saying, I'm saying in terms of like, I, I imagine like, part of it's just like emotional exhaustion. Like it's I get just it. gotten I, through the top. I, I, I get it, but you're out there, right? You know, so that's my thing. Like I'm, I'm sympathetic to his personal life. I, I, I am, but when it comes to this, yeah. what we're here for, like you played two series already, mm-hmm. you know, and we're down forty, and all of a sudden you got a hip strain. Yeah, it looked like, like it's just for me. It's just it doesn't seem right. Right. It's just like okay, I get whatever he's been going through. Yeah. I get he might they didn't think they had a shot. Now he don't want to be out, and then you say you out for the series. Now y'all win a game, and you try to come back. Like, are they just, talking about him? No, coming no, no, back? no. I'm just, I'm just saying, like, if that, like, it just. All kind of different scenarios could take place. Yeah, but. he hasn't even been at the games. When they won game yeah. three, they said they FaceTimed him in the locker room. Like, right. he's, yeah. he's not there. I mean, you could tell his explosiveness was And gone. I get why. You know what I'm saying? I get why he's not around. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I get he was, uh, he's around his family, and it's that and the third. So, so I get that. But for you to play two series already, and then all of a sudden, um, yeah, but it's just one of them things, man. Um, this time of year, man, you got to be able to count on guys. And, and, it's just like if I I've been through major surgery, just that and the third man. But if I can walk, I'm gonna give you what I got. Right. You know, it's just me. That's just how I approach it. There right. are guys who never even made it to the conference finals. Chris Paul's never made it to the conference finals. He's never made it to the conference finals ever. No. So it's like for Jesus. the fact that Isaiah, the Clippers have never made it to the conference finals. No, not it's not his first team either. Well, wow. I'm just saying Chris Paul ever, yeah. even when he was with the Hornets, the David West team. You know, man, we beat. Listen, yo, <laughs> Google it. We beat them by 56. <laughs> in a playoff game? On their home court. Oh, my goodness. We beat them by 56 in New Orleans. Who was the point guard for Denver that year? Johnson. Man, 56. On yeah. their home floor. And that was when that was like Chris Paul's best year. That C.P., David, CP, David West, um, Tyson, Peja, Posey. 
beatdown. Yeah, Yo, they- young <laughs> David West. I've always been a fan of him. What What was David West like in his prime as a player? What was his strengths? I'm the wrong person to ask, man. No, <laughs> I'm asking you because I like you. You could give honest takes. Nah, like I, it was personal for me because Dave West went to Xavier. You know what I'm saying? So I didn't go for none of that in college, and especially when we got to the league. You know, it, it's personal matchups was like you'll never get this off, never. But he was an excellent um, pick and pop guy. 15, 17 foot shot, he knocked that down. Right. Um, decent defender, um, right. post defender. Um, Intelligent basketball player, right? Very, very cerebral um, in that um, in that sense, and you can rely on him uh-huh. night in, night out. I'm saying you can rely on him, and, and he's not gonna uh, he's not gonna hurt the team. What uh-huh. about he's a the... great locker room guy? For what I'm hearing, uh-huh. and, and he don't take no stuff from nobody. So you need somebody like that around. Yeah, and speaking of intelligence, what about him giving up ten million dollars to go play for the Spurs before he came to the Warriors to chase a ring? Didn't get one with the Spurs. Now he goes and over to the Warriors. He's, I mean, he's ring chasing. He gave up a lot of money. That was a big story two years. Oh yeah, ago. it Remember definitely that? was definitely to leave um, to leave Indiana, to go uh, <laughs> to San Antonio to leave that money on the table. Um, and he destroyed the yeah. Pacers too, because once he left, Hibbert fell apart and Stevenson fell apart. He he basically took down two teams with that going to the Spurs. Spurs and win. And he went over to the, yeah, the Warriors now. I, yeah, I mean, it's hard to leave 10 on the table. $10 million, Yo, man. Hey, I'm going hey, to stick it out for one year. Hey. <laughs> it was cool. one year. That's a lot of Yo, money. It was one year. Hey, 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 listen. I got a lot of pride. Yeah. And got that much. $10 million. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Yeah, that's that's a lot of money. Man, I would that's love like, to ask him about that because just call million- it Okay, just call it seven. Just call it six and a half, seven. That's still... It's a lot of money. That's still seven million dollars. Six and a half, it seven million dollars. It was definitely ten. He, I'm he, saying, but ten before taxes. <laughs> right. You know oh, I'm, okay, thinking, okay. I'm thinking of tax purposes. Yeah. I'm, what you take home? At least he gets the Six, tax. Eight, he gets the seven, tax break in yeah, San Antonio, in Texas. But still, <laughs> it ain't like that's that, that's tough. But hey, guys do it all the time. Yeah. I wasn't doing it. I hear you. I, I hear ain't. You. I, hey, you you sign me. I ain't opting out of nothing. Uh huh. Unless I know I got something else bigger on the table, which, he, which he didn't. I, I, I totally get it. I would love to ask him about that because I, I, from what I hear, he's like a smart dude. He's a thoughtful dude. He ain't no idiot. It's obviously yeah. he knows what he's doing. Yeah, it's yeah. conscious effort to, yeah. you know, to he do what he wants. San Antonio, I guess he thought it was going to happen. Him not having to play big minutes. Lamarcus being there, this, that, and the third. And yeah, and um, but yeah, nah, I'm not leaving that kind of bread on the table. Listen, I tell people, hey, I ain't turning nothing down but my collar. <laughs> Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This is a two-man weave. Uh, the confrontational Duke, Kenyon Martin, Michael Rapport. We're in here. Talk about the finals. It's going to be the Cavaliers versus the Golden State Warriors. It's just a matter of time. I would love for the Celtics to squeeze out another game. That would they, make me happy enough. They're going to give the old college try. <clears throat> You think they got a chance? They have obviously they have a chance to win the next game. Yeah, they like um like Avery Bradley said after the game. Um, they old they fans are better showing than than the last game that they saw. Them. Right. You know, so they'll come out, they'll play harder, and they'll give it a honest effort, and um, hopefully Cleveland not making shots early, and and they make it um to make it interesting. Yeah, Avery Bradley was excellent yesterday. He was the big reason why they were winning in the first half. I thought he played well. Marcus Smart played well. Crowder had too many mental errors from yeah. yesterday. He was throwing the ball around. Missed the layup. Yeah, getting just got caught up in the moment, you could tell. Yeah, it's just one of them things, man, guys not used to being there. You know, um they're relying on him to do more than he has has been asked of all season. Right. You know, so um, he played well in game three. They all played well in game three, but it's, it's a different scenario now. I um, think he needs to go uh, back to the man bun uh, uh, for the entire game. The headband look uh, uh, didn't work for him last night. We got time to switch it up or just cut the whole thing off. Yeah. Just you cut it off. Cut the whole thing off. <laughs> I love this kid, Jonas Jerebeko, for nothing else other than he's he, he's a, he's a troublemaker. And and in game three, he was out there talking, throwing his body around, being belligerent, being disruptive, and it worked. Uh, uh, you know, and they, they gave it the old college try, as Dr. Martin said. Uh, and they came up short last night. I don't know. When, when is the next game, uh, Jordan? Tomorrow. 
tomorrow. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, cool. Because because then we have like like a month off before the final start. It's yeah. like the Super Bowl. It's still going to be before the NBA awards, June twenty sixth. <laughs> Where they're going to announce the uh, MVP uh, of the regular season. It's, I think the new season being started by then. Right. Yeah, yeah. they'll be, uh, yeah, be on to the next season by the time <laughs> they, they announce. They had a commercial. They were like, we've got the three finalists for the MVP. Russell Westbrook. Who cares? James Harden. Who cares? Kawhi Leonard. They're all eliminated. <laughs> Who cares? It's so silly. You guys have been on that since day one. I want this to be a one-and-done award show. Like They're like, this was a bad idea. I think they already know it's a bad idea. I don't know how much money the NBA could possibly be making from it, but it's just not a good look. It can't be worth the sort of scrutiny that it's getting. It, it, it's not a good look. Yeah, why? It's just why have it? The most fashionable. That's an award. You, you know what? That's going to encourage dudes to do next year. You know Is that? that a, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yes, Kenny Martin. Hold on, hold on, hold on. That's an award they're giving out. They have Let finalists. Me Let me put this phone down. They have finalists. D, Are you uh, serious? D Wade, uh, Shumpert. And Russell Westbrook are finalists that somebody voted on or picked that they're the finalists. So what does that have to do with basketball? That's what, but do you know what that's going to encourage dudes to show up dressed like next year? Oh, boy. That, that's an award. Like they're, they're like the MVP finalists, the, the Defensive Player of the Year finalists, and the Most Fashionable of the Year finalists is an award they're giving out to professional basketball players in a public forum. Next year, guarantee you, someone will come dressed in a tutu. Okay? They will come dressed like a ballerina to a basketball game. Okay? Yeah, this is... Yeah, I don't know what... Yeah, Looking like Bjork? The swan Yo, yeah, dress? Yeah, yeah, you would come like is, Lady Gaga! Like, this is wild, man. Like, what? Like seriously, man? Like, this is what the NBA has come to? And, Michael, <laughs> you were just talking to Allen Iverson yesterday yep. about fashion. And his whole thing was... I'm showing up to the game ready to play basketball. Like I'm going to a basketball game. I'm not. It's not. You're not going to the Met Gala. Yeah. You're not going to the Academy Awards. Like. The- yeah, we were taking it a little too far at times um, back then. <laughs> Pre dress like code. Yeah, we all. Yeah, yeah, we. Some guys. It just like, not not to the game. It was the attire on the bench if you wasn't playing. Right. That's where it it got out of hand. Right, I agree. You know what I'm saying? Like it wasn't what you was wearing to the game. I agree. Because we was guys wearing throwback jerseys and minks and all kind of stuff to the game. But you can't sit on but the then, bench wearing a you, throwback jersey while you're playing on another yeah, team. Yeah, it just it's a business at the end of the day. And it just doesn't make guys any on sense. The, guys on the bench with do rags on, six chains, throwback jersey, pants sagging, like it's just it. Fitted hats. It was. It was. It was too much. And I listen. From inner city, I appreciate everything I just named. Right. But it got out of control. Could have dialed it down a little bit. Yeah. It, it, it got out of control. I, I'll never the, forget when I saw Mateen Cleaves, and I think I'm going to get this right. When he played on Sacramento, sitting on the bench with a throwback Milwaukee Bucks Lou Alcindor jersey. I'm like, now you see you're bugging. Because you're wearing another team's jersey yeah. while you're sitting on the bench representing your team, yeah. and and you're just sending mixed messages, my man. Yeah. Like you play for the Sacramento Kings, like at least put on like a throwback Chris Webber jersey or a Vladi Divacer. You can't be on the Sacramento Kings yeah. wearing a throwback any jersey from another team. Yeah, I don't know if you guys remember when um when Allen Iverson's mom was behind the bench fixing his braids. Yeah, yo. <laughs> <laughs> Like we were in the fun. It was a wild, it was wild times, man. But nah. But I, yeah. This whole award for the dress thing, man, is it's it's a joke, man. I like, agree. It's a it's a it's it's a real live joke, and people actually put time into this, man, and energy to to come up with a, a category like. That's a category to give an award for that. Like, who's doing something in the community? Who's helping people out, homeless people out? Who's helping women's rights? Who's doing, like, have, like, have Ray Allen there who's doing all this good work in the community and stuff, like going abroad and visiting with the, the veterans and stuff like that. Like, have something like that for Ray. Give, give an award away for a veteran who's not playing anymore. Like, do something like that. Right. Instead of giving away an award that about... Somebody the way somebody dressed coming to the game. Man. You look crazy, D Wade. I love you. I respect you. You showed up to a game with a sleeveless blazer, okay? And nobody said anything. 
You probably got compliments on it. Not from me. Not from me, my friend. We have a phone call. Who do we got, Miles? Connor. You're on the uh, phone with uh, the Kenya Morton, uh, Michael Rapport. Uh, what's your question, Connor? What's up, fellas? Uh, my question's for Kenyon. Um, I know that there's a lot of professional athletes who will have game day traditions. So, for example, Roddy White, when he was with the Falcons, he would always go to Waffle House for breakfast on the day of a game. Uh-huh. I was wondering if you had any game day traditions and if any of your teammates had, like, a bizarre game day tradition that they would do. Good question. Uh, yeah, that's a great question. Um, yeah, for me, um, nothing – I. Personally, I didn't have anything anything out like that was where I had to wear the same like tights, the, not washing them, nothing like that. Um, for me, um, I had to take a nap um, same time every day on on, on game day. Um, I always got my right ankle taped first. Um, that was that was one of my superstitions, and I had to wear new socks and new shoes every game. New sneakers every game. New socks and shoes. I have a question. <laughs> uh, um, what is this gentleman's name? Connor? Connor. Connor. Uh, yeah. you, you can stay here with us. I've always been fascinated by this and curious about this. Yeah. You're a star player in the NBA. Mm. How does this work with the sneakers? Mm. You, you, you have a deal with the sneaker company. Yeah. So you go to the locker room. New sneakers every game. I get the socks thing. That's basic. Are the sneakers in a box? Are they laced up? Do some players want to lace them themselves? Do some players have the ball boy lace them? Do you walk the do you walk the ball boy through? Yo, shorty, shorty, do up. I want it laced underneath. I want it laced on the top. Please give me how this works. I I, I never made it to the NBA. Yeah. Everybody knows um, this. And what about the old sneakers? Where do they go? Yeah, like for me, I I I, I answer all of those. Give it um, to me. The whole thing. Um, for me, because I was with just say I was with Denver for the longest yes. time, and we had the same equipment guy, which is the name Sparky. Sparky, Gilbert, aka Sparky. Okay, Gonzalez, my man Spark. Um, Sparky Love. Yeah. So, um, so my, my just say when we were home, um, Sparky, I would have did like the shoe company, whoever it was. Um, when I first got to Denver, it was Reebok, and then I went back to Nike. Okay. So whoever it was, I, they would send me. Have a mini pair of shoes. Um, I would tell them what what colorways I wanted. Like, well, if I want the shoe majority white and yellow, or white and baby blue, or a combination of everything, or whatever. Or could you say, just send me whatever's fly, whatever's new? That too. Now, for me, I didn't want to. I never wore shoes. Like, I, I wanted to make my own colorways. I'm anal that I, I don't want um, to look like nobody else on the court. But I have a question. Do, are they asking you? So they say, yo, Kenyon, we have so – you, so they're saying, how do you like it? And you're saying, I want blah, 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 yeah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah, 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 definitely. I'm so gonna... you could be specific yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. Like, and you could yeah. say, I want it real clean. I want it – I, I want, want them it... all white. Got it. All white. Okay. I, want, I want one all white, one white and yellow, one white and baby blue. Got gotcha. Right. To keep it simple. Got gotcha. you. Right. So when I come to the games, Spark will have a pair of all white, a pair of white and blue, a pair of white and yellow in front of my locker. Laced up? Laced up already. Because they come laced up already. You know, uh, and then some guys, some shoe companies, they lace them on the outside. On the top of going outside, mine, I wanted to go on the inside. So that was nothing for me to take them out and do it myself. So they come like that? Yeah. The shoes come laced up already. Okay. You know, um, and Spark knew uh, he would take the insoles out of each one because I, um, um, I use orthotics. Okay. You know, so my orthotics would be sitting there, and, and I just pick what game show I wanted for that game. And you put your orthotics in? Yeah. You play the game? Yeah. And then you never wear them again? Maybe for shoot-arounds or practice. So w- where do they go? I just pile them up, and then if we have a home game and the game is either we up big or down big on um, a home game, I send Sparky, one of the ball boys, to the back, get a trash bag, fill it up, and I give them away to the fans. That's it? Yeah. Follow-up question. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> throw them, I throw them in the stands, or, I, or if somebody's sitting close, I give them one shoe, maybe a pair, or – yeah, I gave all of my shoes away. Got you. Is that a big topic of conversation among teammates and around the league? Like, who's got the best shoe style? You see in the NFL, that's a big deal. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no, yeah it's, it's a big deal. Um, we don't have those conversations. Mm-hmm. Guys admire, like, guys' different footwear or or guy come in with something that you like. Um, yo, 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 let me get a pair of them if you're mm-hmm. the same size or whatnot. Um, like, me and Melo was the same size. So he would come with some some Melo point, whatever, one, mm-hmm. whatever, and I like, yo, let me get them. Like, uh, he'll order them for me or he'll bring them the next day. And so it was just one of them things. But but for me, I always wanted to have my own my own style, my right. own shoe. I, I, I didn't want to look like my teammate. 
Got you. You know, um, that's I just it, it was one of those things. If you look at most of my career, I've very seldom had on the same shoe as one of my teammates. <laughs> mm. And then after a while, when I could, um, like I said, I went from Nike to Reebok and then back to Nike. You know, then um, like my first few years, uh, they were sending me different styles, different shoes that maybe other people had. And then I went Reebok and I had a lot of input on the style of shoe and the color that I wanted to wear. Right. So then me going back to Nike, um, then I was able to go on the Nike ID thing and I was able to, to design mm. all of my shoes. And I just sent them um, I send them the design of the shoe and the colorways that I want and how um, the quantity of each one that I wanted. Okay. And they'll send them out. That's dope. Did you happen to catch uh, the close-up of Kyrie's shoes yesterday? Yeah. I mean, he had, what, did, what did it say on the shoes? It said, uh, no fear of greatness? Yeah, so, yeah, something along those lines. I mean, I guess the NBA is more leaning on those things than the NFL. NFL, that'd be a huge fine. No, it's not a fine because it's, it's his signature shoe and it's majority. Like, it's, the, it's today's NBA. Mm. Maybe a few years ago, five, seven to ten years, five to ten years ago, maybe it would have been a bigger deal. You know, because they went to this thing to where, like, it used to be this thing, like, if you were home, your shoe had to be 51% white. Really? Yes. And if you're on the road, it had to be 51% black or whatnot. Or, or whatever the dominant color was it had to be, it had to be 51%. Mm. Who would have thought? There was a Jordan thing. When he when he first came with the black and reds, I remember there was a whole, I can't remember what yeah, the. Yeah, so whatever it was, like, like it just, it was just one of those things where they try to make everybody be uniform mm. to, to, to um, a certain degree. And then a few years ago, then it, it went away and you can wear whatever color you want. And then it, it went from that. And I, I remember, like, specifically, I was trying to wear some shoes when I was with the Knicks. Uh, they might have been some LeBron. They was like a bronze color, like bronze and like that Nick orange. Uh-huh. And I was trying to wear them during the game. And I, he was like, I don't know if they're going to let you wear them. I'm like, well, send them to the league and, like, ask them. And they told me I couldn't wear them. Wow. I'm like, is it me or is it that thing? They were like, uh, he's like, I really don't know. It might be you or just the league or whatnot. But, yeah, just one of them things. And if you wear them, you get fined. Yeah. But they'll, they'll give you a warning. It depends on, like, if, if it's your first time or or whatever. They might give you a warning. They might fine you. It depends on, on the severity of it. And then they have guys at the arenas specifically watching guys' uniforms. So, so, yeah, so For violations. Like, yeah. Yep. So, guys, they report back to the league if guys were – Doing a national anthem if everybody didn't have their shooting shirt on. Ah. Uh, they report back to the league. Or if somebody was dribbling the ball doing a national anthem. They, like it's it's like it's the fun police basically. Uh, <laughs> all right, this is the two man weave. Uh we're not the fun police, but no. we're having a good time here. We're breaking down quirky pregame rituals, dress habits, and who better to break down dress habits, the stylish, fashionable stylings. Of the great Will Purdue, he's with us on the line here at the Two Man Weave. Will, how are you? Oh, Michael, I'm doing very well. Thank you. What up, Will? How you doing, Kenyon? Chilling, boss. Hey, man, Kenyon, what's going on between you and Oak, man? <laughs> that was all funny games, man. Oak was out there. He, you know, Oak got heart. You know what I'm saying? I was, I was running my mouth with the guys he was coaching, so he felt the need to take up for him. You know what I'm saying? Like he used to do for everybody. <laughs> the same thing I would have done in that situation. And I was just trying to take up for my guys, and that was what it was, man. It was it was all funny games, man. I respect Oak to oh, the yeah, utmost, man. man. But but I will play him, though. Don't get, you know what I'm don't get me wrong. I will play Oak, you know what I'm saying, if it come down to it. But that was that was all funny games, man. <laughs> it wasn't too serious. The games haven't got going yet, so it was all not funny yet. games, man. Not, was, yet. not at all, yeah. But it was, it's going to get there, trust me. <laughs> hey, Will, before you were uh, with us, we were talking about uh, Kenyon's pregame rituals, and he said he didn't, he didn't have any weird, quirky stuff. Did you have any weird, quirky stuff? And if you didn't, who do you remember out of your teammates throughout the years that had, like, very strict, specific, you know, things they needed to do or things they needed to eat before the games? Can you remember anybody that had anything like that? Well, I mean, I didn't. I don't know if you want. I don't know what you want to call it. I mean, I used to put uh, my socks on the same way before every game. You know, now not when I first got there, because I'd get there, come back in, and then get taped. And once I got taped, I'd always put on both left socks and then both right socks, and I always wore two pairs. Mm-hmm. And then I always made sure that uh, when I was driving to the arena, uh, that I listened at some point listened to "Dreams" by Van Halen. 
That was that you had to listen to that one song. Well, I'm amongst other songs, but that one song, yeah, because it had the uh, the one line in there about reaching for the golden ring. Got you. Now, let me ask you my follow-up question. I need insight here. Okay. You played for Phil Jackson. New York is in an uproar over your former coach. They called him the Zen Master. I want you to tell me what the heck you can make of where things are at with my New York Knicks in regards to Phil Jackson. My frustrations are are, are, are at, at an all-time high because I don't care if Carmelo holds the ball too much. I don't care if he shoots too much. I don't care if he's not D-Wade. He's not LeBron. Give me your insight on what your former coach is doing with the New York Knicks as the president of basketball operations. Please help me out here. Tell, help the world here. <laughs> Uh, I wish I could make heads or tails of it as well. One thing I'll tell you that he was, he, he also, it was more than just a Zen master. He was also very good at, you know, using the media to help motivate players. But that was also before the, uh, you know, social media, the way it is now. It's just he would always know what buttons to push, you know, mm-hmm. how to piss guys off, how to cuddle certain guys. You know, in my case, he used to always talk about, you know, all the things that I could do, and him and I always butted heads and pissed me off. And, you know, and get, that would get me to play with a chip on my shoulder, and he would do a little bit of that to Horace Grant, and then he would coddle guys. And I tell you what, Michael, I don't know either. I mean, I, I, I kind of recognize what he's doing as far as Carmelo trying to aggravate him and, you know, kind of goad him into playing better. But it just seems like Carmelo just doesn't want it to, anything to do with it. He's like, listen, I hold all the power because I have the no trade clause. So you can sit there and make all the comments you want, but I'm not having any of it. And Phil makes it, you know, I'm not, I don't, I'm not think, I don't think he's trying to pull the wool over anybody's eyes. He makes it very well known that he thinks it's best that Carmelo moves on because I think Phil honestly believes that the triangle just doesn't run very well with Carmelo as part of it. Man, try, I wouldn't, the triangle not going to run in this NBA. I don't care who you have on the floor, Will. You know, this is not your Bulls. This is not Kobe and Shaq Lakers. This is the 2017 NBA, and that style of basketball is not going to go. And, um, well, and I, I think, disagree I, with I – I think it depends on who you what the personnel you have is because I don't think so. Everybody really. you'll talk to, you talk to, you talk about Kobe, you talk about MJ. You got to have a bailout guy. Well, I think Carmelo is that. I think Carmelo is that, but he plays the game in a different way than Kobe and Mike. You know, you exactly right. You know, that's my thing. Like you you have to use guys' skill set. I understand Melo's a ball stop. I played with him for seven and eight years. You know, I understand that. But you do things to circumvent that. You get him a strong-minded point guard who he respects. You know, there's things. There's things that you can do to to overcome that. And I don't think Phil has done a good job of doing that, you know? Oh, no, you're and, right. And then, I, talking, I and then trying to get guys to play through the media, that's never been a thing of mine. You know, if you want a guy, if you have a problem or you want to, you have something to say to a player or whoever it is, you go to that player and y'all have a man-to-man conversation. And, and whatever comes out of that, that's where it should be. Shouldn't go to the media and, and, Try to nitpick at guys and try to get guys to play hard. If a guys, if a if a guys, if, if you have to nit and pick at guys to get them to go out and do their job, then they shouldn't be there. You know that's my thing. If you can count on a guy to go out and do his job every night, then those guys who you want on your roster. And I don't that's think right. Field has done that job of putting putting that roster together in order to do that. I'm I understand that he's he's one of the great greatest coaches of all time. Ring, um, you can't take nothing away from that. But the job that he's done in the front office right now, I don't think has he hasn't met the expectations of the Knicks fans. Yeah, and I listen, Kenny. I agree with you one hundred percent. And you know, I think from an ego standpoint, he wanted that challenge of trying to make that happen with a team. Yeah, I get. Yeah, and true, think, true. And I think the problem is, though, you know, he. I don't know if it's that he doesn't understand it. He obviously, in my opinion, hasn't done a very good job either. I think the expectations were too high because everybody just expected him because he was did such some remarkable things as a head coach that he would be able to do the same exact thing as a general manager. And it's just it's not that easy. 
Yeah, I've said this before. It's not about. Yeah. I've made the statement that whatever, like, things that make you a good player doesn't make you a good coach. And the things that make you a good coach doesn't make you a good gym or president. You know, there's there's well, different there's, there's different things that you have to do and look at, you know, in order to, to transition in different um, different venues. If you're going to put on a different hat, you have to be able to transition into that. You know, and I don't right, think. But I also think that Dolan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, 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 he's, oh, oh, it starts with him. Definitely starts with him. He, he dug the hole. Oh, yeah, it's not, he's not off the hook by any stretch of imagination. He, 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 oh, I'm not taking it. You're he, right. But I think the thing was, though, he says, listen, I'm going to go out and get what some consider to be the best coach of all time. Pay him twelve million dollars a year. So if you have a problem, it ain't me. Yeah. You take your problem to him. Because I, I, I think Dolan feels like that's his shield now. Hey, I did yeah. my job. I, He's I, not doing his job. True, I, I totally true. agree. Yeah, yeah, definitely, and, definitely, and definitely. And Phil's only been there what it's been three years going into the fourth year. So, you know, Dolan isn't exempt because he he got us he got us so far deep in the hole and the dysfunction of the team and and all that stuff. So it's it's really. It's so frustrating because to be the reality of it is I don't care what draft pick they get this year and maybe we pick up Joe Schmo this guy as a Knicks fan knowing that next year is going to be more of the same is just it's demoralizing. Forget the Knicks. I haven't they haven't played basketball in almost 2 months. We're headed into the NBA finals. This is this is an obligatory question. I think this conversation is ridiculous. But will I want to ask you Last year, it seemed to come up a lot. Uh, this year, the, the the conversation during the playoffs is, you know, how bad the playoffs is. Last year, it was like, you know, it was like uh, the, the great time machine. Your Bulls versus the Golden State Warriors, that whole conversation and the reality of that. Based on what you know about this uh, this Golden State Warriors team and your experience playing with the Bulls, if we played, let's say, the rules that you play with now without the hand-checking <laughs> and the style of basketball, how do those teams match up? And you could also say, Michael, I think that conversation is so stupid I refuse to answer it, but don't hang up on me. <laughs> no, I, I think it's an enjoyable conversation, quite honestly. And I know Scotty has made some uh, outlandish comments about, oh, we'll sweep them. Because right. my thing is, let's, okay, let's look at this team for a second. And you talk about, all right, in my opinion, Kevin Durant's the best player. So we'll put Scottie Pippen on him. And then the second best player, if you could argue, is one of three guys, Steph Curry, Draymond Green, uh, Clay Thompson. So Michael's going to go on that guy. But now the problem is, let's just say you put Michael on, on Steph. What do you do? Who, now who's going to guard Clay Thompson? Who's going to guard Draymond Green? So is this the team with Ron? So let me ask you this, Will. So is this the team with Ron Harper? Well, any of those guys. I think well, Ron Harper, but hey, you, it wasn't hey. the Ron Harper from the Cleveland Cavaliers. Well, hey, Ron wasn't a bad defender when he got you guys. So, hey, let's, hey. No, no, he was. You're exactly right. But he still, he was not the same player True. that everybody thinks about when he was with the Cleveland Cavaliers. True. Because I think, you know, he's going to provide resistance. But I don't know if he can consistently guard one of those guys. Yeah, I think you put whole Grant on him. Um... For 48 minutes, and then you put Grant on Draymond Green, and that yeah. means you pull them way out from the basket, you know, and then all of a sudden things open up. I, the thing that I think that would tilt my question towards the Bulls would be Michael Jordan, not necessarily because that Bulls team was more talented, mm-hmm. but I think that when you talk about the killer instinct of a Michael Jordan, you talk about the defensive tenacity of a Scottie Pippen, who a lot like LeBron can guard numerous positions. I, I think, quite honestly, man, it, it, you could almost say it's a toss-up. If, if if Golden State is knocking down shots, and when I say shots, I'm talking about threes, and I'm talking about those threes that they knock down that are you know four or five feet from behind the arc. It's a, it's almost impossible for any team from any era to guard those guys right. because the Bulls didn't have the necessary weapons to, to match that three for three. It would be three against two, and you'd have to get to the free throw line quite a bit. But I'm not going to sit here that anybody's going to – I mean, I think it's a toss-up. I think you could say one year the Bulls would win in seven, and the next year the, the Golden State Warriors could win in seven because then you got to start asking yourself about, okay, who on the bench is going to start stepping up and who's going to have big games coming off the bench because it just isn't all about the starters, and that's what everybody wants to focus on. Yeah, I agree with you 100%, Will. Yeah, it's – 
Yeah, it's all about matchups and and timing and who's making shots and who's not and and things like that. But like you said, uh, if you're gonna if you're gonna lean towards something, um, you got to lean towards Mike and Scotty. The Mike know? factor. Yeah, definitely. The Mike, you know, two of the fifty greatest of all time. You know, on the same roster. You know, you know, because that's the thing. Mike and Scotty basically neutralized two guys, and I know everybody wants to talk about, well, Clay Thompson really hadn't played that well. well I don't know if it has, it's that he hadn't played that well, but it just Steph and KD have played so well that he's just not getting a lot of shots, but he's still doing his work on the defensive end. Yeah, he's still and all doing, of a sudden yeah. you take KD and Steph out of the equation with Michael and Scotty, all of a sudden Clay Thompson becomes the guy that gives you 30 a night. You know, they just have so many options that can drop 30 on you where the Bulls really only – those Bulls teams really only had two. Everybody else did an excellent job of playing their role and filling in where needed. But you can't sit here and say, hey, you know, Steve Kerr was going to step up and drop 21 night because he hit six threes. Or, you know, as you just mentioned, Ron Harper, you know, has a really good game because he knocks down some shots. But it's not on a consistent basis like, the, you know, like we've seen with Golden State throughout the year. I mean, it's – Listen, we've seen great defenders step up against K- KD, but you're talking about a seven-footer that's playing out. He can say he's only 6'10", all you want. But you throw him out on the perimeter, and he shoots a little, little fadeaway from 18, 20 feet. Ain't nobody blocking that. You can get a hand up. Yeah. You ain't blocking it. Not at so all. So that's just – and as you pointed out, you prefaced it by saying, with the new rules. Right. You, you, you play the old rules, I'm going to take the balls all day, every day. Uh. But you talk about the new rules – I think it's a toss-up. This is the two-man weave. It's now officially a three-man weave. We have Will Perdue on the line, four-time uh, NBA championship, 844-635-6684. All right, so it's going to come down to the Warriors and the Cleveland Cavaliers, barring everybody stays healthy because Cleveland has one more game and anything could happen. And, and as much as I can't stand the Cleveland Cavaliers, I want them to be healthy. I want this finals to be great and live up to all the expectations. What are you seeing? What are you taking about this uh, this this inevitable matchup between uh, 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 the the Cavaliers and the Warriors? It's three three seasons in a row. It is a rivalry rivalry. Uh, what is your what is your what is your prediction? What is your takeaway? What are you excited about? What matchups are you seeing? Well, I'm excited about how well LeBron has played, regardless of how people want to talk about the last two games. I mean, I I, I was I was I couldn't. I kind of wanted to try to multitask last night during the Cleveland game, but what Kyrie was doing, I had to sit down and watch that. That was amazing. <laughs> I agree. Because, I mean, it's, we can talk about, you know, somebody sent a tweet out about, you know, Kyrie, Scotty Tiffin, but, you know, comparisons. But there's not a better one-on-one player in the league right now than Kyrie Irving, period. The ability to get by the initial defender, the ability to throw up, some, you know, the twist and turn his body, and then the toughness he showed after, you know, he twisted his ankle. But, again, I go back to just you always try to get better. And I'm not saying that Cleveland has not gotten better. I think they're get, they've gotten better because, in my opinion, LeBron is playing better on a hole than he did last year. Mm. But I feel like that Golden State actually went out and got a lot better by getting KD and had, adding him to the roster. My big question is, you know, how healthy, you know, as far as with the bench, I think you know, obviously Iggy's a big part of that. You know, where does, where does where do we put that into the equation as far as you mentioned, given everybody's healthy? Uh, I mean, Andre Iguodala, he, he won the MVP essentially for quote-unquote slowing down. He didn't stop LeBron. But that, that, that finals year, his big thing was def- defense. I mean, you, you, you played against him. You played with him, Iguodala, right, Kenyon? No, I played against him. Never, never with him? No. What, 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 what makes Andre Iguodala so essential? I mean, defensively, he's no, no longer the, off, the offensive threat that he was. What does he do so well against LeBron? To obviously, he's not stopping him, but he, he interferes yeah. progress. Um, he's long-range. He um, moves his feet well. Um, he understands the game. Um, he understands who's, who he's playing against, um, him being in Philly and LeBron being in Cleveland and Miami. You know, for all those years, them battling four times a year. Right. You know, um, he's spent a lot of lot of minutes guarding him, so so he understands how to play him. Um, uh, you're not going to stop him. You can slow him down and make it tough on him, which I think Iguodala does. Um, yeah, he's definitely a key part of what they're trying to do. Um, um, they need him healthy, but 
he understands how to play LeBron, and he he passed that on to the other guys. Right. You know, um, you need size, strength, speed. You know what I'm saying, and all, and a brain. Um, to play against LeBron, so you just can't go out there and think physically. You gonna match up with him. You, know? you got to be able to think on the fly and adjust um, and make adjustments. Um, I think Iguodala knows how to do that, and um, they look and they believe in him. You know what I'm saying? So that's um, like I said, he's definitely a key factor in what they're trying to do. All right, Will, I'm gonna let you go, but you, I, I'm going to demand right now an obligatory prediction. Okay. The finals are coming. Who will be the NBA champion? And the follow-up question is, who will win most fashionable at the NBA Awards? Um, just, to, just to refresh you on that, because I know you follow us closely. You were a trendsetter uh, in, in your time as a fashion maverick. Uh, Dwayne Wade, uh, Iman Shumpert, and Russell Westbrook are the finals of that. It's a two-part question. Who will be the NBA champion, and who will win most stylish in the NBA? It's an important award given out at the NBA Awards June 26th. Please answer both questions. Well, I'm going to go with uh, Golden State in six games. I just think they got too many weapons. Yes. And then I'm going to go with uh, D. Wade because he may not admit it, but he's pushing for that. That would mean a lot to him. I think the other guys could really care less, but I think that means a lot to D. Wade. Because remember now, he's got his own little clothing line, and he occasionally sends out a tweet. He's got his wife running the show, so I think he's trying to pull a few strings. I think much like the Knicks back in the draft, I think he wants that frozen envelope mm. so he can he can win. All right. Now, would you ever consider wearing a sleeveless blazer? I think you'd look great in it. If we get the right color palette, would that be something you consider wearing? Please answer the question. Well, I just don't know if a tie would look good with that. What, what would you – would you have to wear one of those uh, collarless shirts? I, I mean, how would you go about doing that so you could pull it off? Hey, listen, I get paid a lot of money to dress people. I'm not going to just give you – I'm not going to dress you for free here. If you want to talk about hiring me as a consultant, we could do that off air, okay? I, I just simply <laughs> know if that wanted to know if that was something you'd be interested in. Obviously, you're not ready to talk high fashion with me, but uh, I'm going to let you go, Will. Hopefully I'll get to so talk what to you. What you're saying is do as I say, not as I do. Absolutely. That's what I'm saying, man. <laughs> that's exactly what I'm saying to you, my friend. Uh, I appreciate you joining us here at the two-man weed. Yes, sir. Thanks for calling in, Will. I love talking to All you, right. Will, and, and hopefully we could talk more during the playoffs. All right, Kenny. I'll be kidding you, man. Are you ready for the big three, you and Shape? Yeah, I'm getting there, man. I'll be ready by the 25th. I'll be ready All to right, rock man. and roll. Good luck, brother. Appreciate it, man. See you around. All right. That was Will Perdue. Thank you, Will. I appreciate it. That was Will Perdue. I love talking to that dude. Four-time NBA champion. As we get ready to wrap up this episode of the two-man weave, do you think this, you know, this conversation that's come up, and again, I know know you're not into it. I don't know why people are so obsessed with these conversations. Who's better than who? Like, like it's arm wrestling. Like you're ever going to see if this player is better than this player or that player is better than uh, – to me, it's silly. Yeah. It's so stupid because it's a team sport. You know, I mean, obviously, uh, uh, you know, certain players are better than certain players, but the obsession with is MJ better than LeBron, LeBron better than MJ. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, uh, Kobe Bean Bryant is like – didn't. it's like he didn't exist. He never existed. It's yet. like all of a sudden, like, he's he's not even in there. Like, LeBron is – yeah, everybody – he's a clearly better – then everybody's playing right now. And and then Kobe didn't do anything. It's yeah. like, I mean, yeah. the memory is so crazy. With, yeah. with Kobe, it's like he just jumped. Not to say that LeBron may be better. Maybe he didn't be better. The, the, but, it, I mean. For me, it's like it's, like you said, it's an ongoing debate. It's stupid, It's though. barbershop talk. Right. I guess it's right. It's barbershop talk is what it is. Mm-hmm. And for me, like, LeBron numbers, championship, final appearances, Olympic gold medals, MVPs, all that. It's on the shelf already. It's there. Right. Can't take nothing from him. The performance in game three for me. Of this series. Yes. That's what separates Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant. You get into the minutia, right? You have to because you can't just look at the numbers. You know, you just if you just look at the numbers, he's going to be arguably better than everybody that ever played the game of basketball because he did it for longer. Came leave 17, 18 years old. LeBron. Yes. Right. I'm saying, but and he me, doesn't get injured. And and he, and he doesn't. He misses no time because injury. You know, and for me, for him to only take two shots in the fourth quarter of a game that's at this magnitude, and and you trying to accomplish what you're trying to accomplish, 
and meet up with the team who you say is not a rival. Um, take only eleven shots. That 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 that's and it's been in question before. It's mm-hmm. not the first time mm-hmm. that people have said LeBron has disappeared when the game is on the line. And for me, you've never heard that about Kobe or Michael Jordan, and that's what separates them for me. Something that stood out to me in the post game with LeBron's interview, he said something that not only would I, I don't think would have ever come out of MJ or Kobe's mouth, but also it really shocked me to come out of his mouth, is he was talking about Kyrie, and he said Kyrie was born for moments like this. I've never heard him, LeBron, say that about himself. I know that he's probably just he he's praising Kyrie, but LeBron's never said, I was born for these moments. That's something Kobe well, would have said well, about himself. LeBron doesn't have to. He has chosen one on his back. <laughs> <laughs> His tattoo. That's his. He doesn't have. He doesn't have to say that he was born. Like we, we, we think that of him. And, Is and it me, fair? Unfair? That's an argument. But we expect LeBron to be there in those moments. And you he, know, he, he's been brazen. Like last year, I don't remember exactly what he said, but he he's made you know those roundabout comments where they asked about something and he gives a slick answer, basically sort of saying. What do you think? I'm that dude. He yeah. came a quarter away from having two clunkers in a row. Yeah, I'm with you. Listen, I'm with you. So for for him to see, I didn't make that big of a deal about what he said about Kyrie because in that moment, it looked like Kyrie was like he knew the situation that they were in. LeBron four fouls. I got to take over. You know what I'm saying? It's in him already. So for him to come out and say that is last year, it should have been co-MVPs in the finals. Mm-hmm. He was made for that moment. Mm-hmm. You know right. So he, he didn't make that statement then, mm. but it, it's, that's, it's the same situation as last year in the finals that he scores 41, LeBron scores 41. Next game is like he was on his game then. So without Kyrie, they have no championship. And you know what I'm saying? Thing- Even with Draymond getting suspended and whatever the case may be, if Kyrie didn't play the way he did last year in the finals, he was made for those moments. They picked him number one for a reason. The kid played seven games in college. So obviously they saw something in him moving forward. So now it's just everything is coming together now, and it all came together when LeBron was on the bench and they really they down 16, you know. They down 16 at home in the game. They must win. Right. You know, Kyrie, like, hey, I'm going to put my big boy pants on. Y'all hop on, and I'm going to show y'all why they picked me number one. And one thing about LeBron, and, and, and you know, I, I like to break his chops, but he's, he doesn't need to be the guy all the time. Like, I think for him to see Kyrie emerge and to see Kevin Love emerge, he's like, I don't have to worry and toss and turn and lose sleep. He doesn't need to be the focal point because he so much is the focal point. He, he's a winner. Yeah, yeah, he's proven that. Yeah. The one thing about Kobe, I'll throw it at both of you guys, is that for me, my thing, and I love Kobe, but the one thing I say that that he didn't have, and it doesn't mean he's better or not better, because I, 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 I can't really answer these questions, but the one thing that, that, that I don't think he consistently did was make his teammates better. You know, whereas Jordan might have pounded them into submission – he pounded them into submission, but then fed them when they needed to be fed. Where Kobe sometimes, like, from what you hear about his teammates, like he was just, sometimes but, people would just be not happy playing with him. I, I don't get that. Break it down. For me, it's, we're here together. Listen, we grown men in this locker room. I'm here to do a job. If I'm not doing my job to ex- expectation, whether it's management or my teammate, it is what it is. Like, I'm on you. Do your job. Mm-hmm. Mike was the same way. I hold you to a standard where if I'm here, everybody's not going to get up at 3, 4 o'clock in the morning to work out. We get that. But when you come in here, we expect you to do it a certain way. Mm-hmm. And if you're not doing that, I'm going to hold your feet to the fire. Mm-hmm. And and if you can't take me getting on you, I don't want you on my team. Right. I'm cool with that. Right. Because I'm the guy who – I'm going to – when, when, when that ball go up, it's time to rock, and you can depend on me. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And we'll have that conversation. Like, if, if me and – if we have – the situation ever came across me and Kobe to have a conversation I was on his team about, okay, why I'm, why I'm not doing this or this, we can have that conversation. 
But guess what? When that ball go up, we hear the rock together. You right. know what I'm saying? Like, you can depend on me. Right. And if I'm not doing my job, if I miss a defensive assignment or I don't make the extra pass and all that, you're like, hey, K-Mart, damn it, he open. Mm-hmm. Or you miss, hey, you, you're right, dog, my bad. Mm-hmm. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm that thick skin. Got you. But that's the thing. We got a lot of guys don't get that tough love early. So when you got a guy like Michael Jordan on you or Kobe on you, it comes across as they, they riding guys or they hard to play with or nah. The thing with him and Shaq was ego. It had nothing to do with basketball. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that's all ego. Because mm-hmm. one thing you can say about Shaq, he showed up and played. Mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like they did that together. They wanted three chips together mm-hmm. for a reason. You know? So so that's my thing. I, I don't I, I don't understand that. You know, guys being being sensitive to to criticism. Right. um, So you want somebody to praise you and pat you on your back when you're doing something well, so you should be able to take it in the same breath. You know, that's my whole thing about it. NBA on TuneIn, two-man weave. We're going to be back with you next Wednesday. There's plenty of basketball coverage here on the NBA on TuneIn. I want to thank Will Will Pertu for calling in. J-Dub, show your love. Thank you. K-Mart, Kenya Martin. The confrontational two, two two-man weave, We'll continue rocking, and you will continue rocking with the best. Thank you for staying with us, and we'll see you next Wednesday. Thank you for listening to the Two Man Weave Podcast with your hosts, Michael Rappaport and Kenyon Martin. Listen to the show live weekdays from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern.